Welcome to the Perfect Time Podcast with Christy and Lindsay. Grab your coffee and let's chat mindset. In these mini episodes, we talk about how now is the perfect time to get in the best emotional, mental, and physical shape of our lives. Our minds are the most powerful tool we have. So let's grow together. Hey friends, we are here together. We're together. Um, I drove to Hocking Hills to be with Christy today in her lovely property. So I've gotten to see her ducks, her dog, her house, and her annex house. It's awesome. chickens, chickens. Yeah, it's I mean, all here. It's coming alive. Uh, there was like something pecking at the door, and I looked over, and the ducks were pecking. <laughs> <on> the <door. laughs> it is a different vibe than your old house for sure. <laughs> I love it. I love it here. I I don't ever. I was telling Lindsay like I don't like leaving, so I'm super happy to have people here because I don't have to leave, but I still get to see friends. And we've had so many visitors here, which makes me so happy. Like people That's want cool. to come visit us. I know we're so blessed for that. Um, it's such a pretty drive. My dream is to one day have like a retreat, like a women's retreat here at some point. That would be awesome. I know. We'll see. We'll have our first podcast retreat here. That would be so fun. It's yeah. perfect, but it's very peaceful. It's a peaceful drive here. So, well, you came in a nice day. The weather is gorgeous, and we're excited to chat this morning. Yay, yay. About um, shame. Let's talk about shame, shall we? The shame spiral. The shame spiral and how quickly that can grab a hold of you. Sorry, I backed away from the mic. How quickly that can grab a hold of you um, if you're not tuned in and checking in on that. So mm-hmm. yeah. what do we mean by that? Lindsay, how did that topic come up for you? Okay, so I've been reading a parenting book that my friend recommended because um, – We've had some sibling rivalry. Yeah, you talked about that. Um, and how's it going? Sibling rivalry and the book. Like, how is it all going at your house? I mean, I think it just you know, like anything, there's patterns that come. You know, like it's it happens, then you get in like a pattern of they get in a pattern of fighting with each other, and so it's like about like dumb stuff, but it just kind of becomes the culture. You yeah. Know? So. I'm on a mission to try to break that because nice. it makes me annoyed. Yeah. Um, the book is called Siblings Without Rivalry for anyone who might relate to this conversation. And it's by Adele Faber and Elaine Mazilish or something. Um, I'm doing the audible version because I can fly through books faster by, you know, reading with my ears, but to each your own. Um, so this is what how the topic got brought up. When sometimes when I do like deep dives into trying to better myself and I learn different strategies, which I'm looking for, yeah, I start to wonder if I've just done it all wrong the whole time. And then I start to think, oh my gosh, did I ruin my kids? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And so I think sometimes with self growth, when we're pursuing that, it's easy not to feel bad about what we did before, even though we want to change our behavior. Yeah. And I don't think it's just with parenting. I think it's with anything, yeah. you know? And so it's like, if you have patterns of how you and your spouse relate or just different tensions, changing that and changing the culture of your home is sometimes hard. And I think it's hard probably for different personalities, but not to feel guilty or bad about how things were, but more forward focus? Does sure. that make sense? Yeah. And I think it's important to say that anytime, like this is 
this is the most ridiculous example, but I think it's relatable to to self-growth too. Like this week, I finally decided I was going to paint the rest of my kitchen. It's been a work in progress for a long time. And in order for me to paint the rest of my kitchen, I had to take everything off my kitchen countertops. I had to take the shelves down off the wall, which were housing our dishes and our plants. And so when I did all that to prep for painting, my house looked like a bomb went off because everything got moved around, shaken up. Mm -hmm. And I looked around and I had to keep saying to myself, like, it gets better. Or I'm sorry, it gets worse before it gets better. Like, the kitchen looks like shit right now but it it gets worse before it gets better and then you paint the kitchen you do the work and then you put everything back together and then that's when you get like the piece but during the process of it and even shortly thereafter the house is a mess and you can relate the house being a mess to like your 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 people in your house being a mess or like the process of changing being messy and not feeling good at first. Like, it gets worse before it gets better. I think this is probably relatable to a lot of people when it comes to, like, changing their diet. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, the shame spiral, Mm -hmm. at least. Like, oh, I'm going to try this new... I don't mean diet by, like, calorie restricting. I mean diet by, like, I'm going to try Whole30 or I'm going to try keto or I'm going to change how I'm eating. And then it's hard at first, right? And then you could be like, oh my gosh, I'm, okay, so I'm doing Whole30, I can't eat sugar, but I'm craving sugar so bad, and then you eat a marshmallow, because whatever. And then you could shame spiral and be like, well, I ate the marshmallow, so I might Mm -hmm. as well eat the cupcake and the whatever else that's not Whole30 approved, because I've already gone off the wagon. And then that is the, that is the shame spiral, Mm -hmm. right there. (laughs) And so for parenting... You know, when you're reading that, I do think sometimes those self-growth things cause you to have a tendency to to go into that bad place in your mind where you're like, shoot, I've done it wrong for so long. Like, can I ch- can I change it? What's the point of changing it now? They're already set in their way, you know, to yeah. have those thoughts. And we talked about, like, gentle parenting and different, like, parenting strategies before. And I think, like, part of parenting, part of life is, like, I don't know. This is our first time doing it. So, yeah. like... Like, I've said that to my kids. I'm like, listen, this is my first go at being a parent. I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Your first go at being a kid, like, we're going to have to figure this out. There's going to yeah. be kinks, you know? And so I think, like, you try a strategy, it doesn't work. You try a strategy, it does work. Yeah. And so then you continue that. So some of it's like, okay, that's not working. We're going to deconstruct that. Yeah. And it's not just, I said it's my kids are fighting, but, like, clearly I have a role to play in that. Like, yeah. this is our home. And my kids, you know, and obviously it's not all the time. But as a parent, when you have multiple loud children and they're all, you know, like you just want peace. That's what you want in your home. And of course it's going to happen every now and then. But this is just not something that I want to cultivate in our home for like, I want that to be the culture. Yeah. Um, But it's going to take work on all of our ends. And I think that's the ripping down the shelves from the wall part is like, okay, well, we're deconstructing this right now. And I know that it's going to, like, look better on the other side. But the deconstructing, I have to be really careful not to feel like, gosh, well, maybe when I flipped out this time, that's what caused them to react like that. You know what I mean? It's like, I just think we need to be a little bit more grace-filled with ourselves when we're trying, especially when we're trying to grow. Yeah. Like, Well, I love the the (laughs) conversation that you had with your kids is so 
awesome of you, of you to say that to them. Like, hey, this is my first try at this and I'm going to make mistakes and and so we're going to work on this together. Like even acknowledging that to them is such a, um, I don't know, I feel like that's such a, that's such a, a nice way of parenting. Like I'm, I'm not perfect and I'm going to make mistakes and you're not perfect. Like mm-hmm. that in itself is so powerful to teach your kids that like, you're trying your best. They're trying their best. We're going to tweak sometimes when we need to. And like, then they're they're going to carry that forward, hopefully into their adulthood, into their jobs, you know, everything, give themselves grace and not get caught in a shame spiral. Right. Yeah. And like, I think there's like a fine line between, I want them to respect me and respect the rules and the guidance that like we set them, but I don't want them to think that like, what we are doing is how to, how you should parent. Cause there's certain things where I'm like, yeah, I nailed that or like I want to redo. And so, um, I feel like that's part of just, you know, growing and Mm -hmm. humility and all of that being Mm -hmm. like, okay, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then as our kids go through different stages and different kids have different personalities, I think you get tested with, you know, different things and it happens really fast. (laughs) I feel like things are generational too. Like I feel like our parents' generation were very, maybe not everyone, but I feel like there was a lot of shaming going on in the older generation towards our generation. Like I am so big on anti-shaming, no shaming. And it happens like you can shame someone with the way you look at them. Like it, it really can happen so quickly. Like for instance, I know we're talking a lot about parenting, but I don't really want this podcast episode to just be parenting. No, it's not. Um, it's more about shame and like how quickly you can allow shame to enter your home. Like, um, I'm going to give you a parenting example right now, but like sometimes I'll catch myself, like if Ruby's doing something like walking, let's say Ruby flies through the door with muddy boots on and trudges through the house with muddy boots on. I'm tempted to be like Ruby, like with that tone of voice and like, look at her and I'm not giving her any direction. I'm doing nothing constructive. I'm simply, you guys, that is simply shaming my child. I'm expecting her to look at me and understand what I mean with my tone of voice and my facial features. And that is like passive aggressive, shameful parenting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm not aggr- like, honestly, I feel like that's actually like nicer than some. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, but, but yes, it doesn't help them under, she's five. She, so she's like, <laughs> right. And so she then has to guess what I mean, Mm -hmm. why my face looks the way it does, which is not happy. Um, And then, you know, and then, and then I'm shaming her into a different behavior instead of saying calmly, obviously easier said than done when your kid's running through the house with muddy shoes on, but Ruby running through your house with shoes on, muddy shoes on is not a choice because the carpet is getting dirty. Please take your shoes off at the door or whatever. Um, so I, that's a silly example, but just like how quickly shame can enter into, um, into the home is, I don't know, quite alarming. And I really feel like then when you are taught shame at such a young age like that, when you learn shame at such a young age like that, then when you're an adult, it carries over into the big shame of like, oh, I just ate a marshmallow, so now I'm going to eat five cupcakes. Yeah, it like, carries over into all it, areas of your it, life. It, it does. It creates like a generational trauma. And I know that's kind of a trendy thing right now, but but it is a true thing. Like, 
when you learn shame so young, you get caught in the shame spiral as an adult when you try to start a new workout or when you try to start a new healthy habit. Um, and so it really does take some like digging and uncovering of like, was there a lot of shame present in my childhood? Is that why I have these shame spiral responses? Yeah, and it's funny because from reading this book, I'm almost done. Like what my takeaway is, is most parents like are not intentionally trying to do that. Oh, no. Like it's like even like I've done it a million times. Yeah. Sure. And so it's not like it's interesting because it's like what you say and what they hear are completely different things. Right. And so um, that's with parenting. But I think like, yeah, I think it's the way we interpret. But I, I think an example that we talked about before, too, was just the idea of, okay, so say you're. In late in your career and you decide, you know what, I want to make a career change. I can't. I went to school for that. I spent so much money doing a master's program for yeah. that. There's no way I can make a change now. Right. I would be an idiot. Like that's like a whole pattern that keeps us in like, listen, life is long. It's short. I don't know. And depending on how you look at it, but it's like, I don't think we're meant to be stuck into like we have to be confined in something just because we at one point were excited about investing financially, time, whatever. In an education. Yeah. Yeah. That's no longer serving you. Correct. And I do think that every step leads you closer to where you're supposed to be, whether that feels like it's on the right path or not. Like it's all an experience. And so, I mean, I've actually had several friends. We've like, I've had these conversations Mm -hmm. in, in my life and with like happy successful friends too it's not like they're like completely but it's just it's almost like so locked in like there's no way I could change at this point right and you know whatever there's a lot of moving moving targets with that or parts with that but um I feel like that's kind of part of the conversation though like if we would allow ourselves to not feel bad about our investment, would then we be able to move on right. to something different? Right. Would it open up doors for something that may be completely different, but maybe we'd even make the same amount of money if that's what we're worried about? Yeah. I don't know. No, I, I, I mean, I think that that's a pain point for a lot of people. Like is, you know, this has been my job for so long. Actually, I've had a lot of friends lately who have been stay-at-home moms for so long and then they have kind of placed all of their identity in that and then they've then they've now they're going back into the workforce um and so I think that's like kind of the flip side of that is just like finding identity in your work and not allowing shame to keep you there if that's no longer serving you you know yeah well I'm one of those people like that's like case in point people tell you well, people tell you, they say, whatever it is. Like, what, if you're a woman that kind of steps away from her job when you're, like, at the beginning of child-rearing years, it's yeah. like, well, you're never going to be able to step back into where your, like, counterparts are at that time because they've then done 10 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, now they're directors or whatever, which is true. But that shouldn't keep you from following that if that's what you want at that time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you're not going to want to jump back into the role that you once had or the role you could have had had you stayed with that company. But... um Again, I think like that is a fear or shame or whatever you want to call it. It's a fear of like not being where we're supposed to be. And I just think it takes a lot of work to like undo those things. Yeah, for sure. I know like in the um, network marketing world, I know several people with both companies that I've been with who 
have been attorneys or doctors or veterinarians, like, you know, jobs that took a lot of educational prep work for that, Mm -hmm. that weren't happy and actually stepped away and joined network marketing, which is like, you know, if, if you're not savvy, if you're not in the know of network marketing, that could seem like to the, to the, to the standard world, that could seem like a big demotion for yourself, you know, but it allowed them time freedom. It allowed them all sorts of freedoms that they didn't have before in that other job. And then they were able to become just as successful, Mm -hmm. if not more successful with network marketing because they had the time, which then allowed them to open up their happiness chapter of their life. You know, like it just opened new doors for them. And then they made new connect, like they made new connections. And so I think, which then, sorry, I didn't mean to do that. Kind of what we were talking about last week of like, um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. But like, you know, always letting those new doors open for you um, and kind of saying yes to to things because you don't know what, where that's going to take you. If you feel the pull to make a change in your career or your job or your physical health or your mental health, like just take the leap. Don't let shame hold you back. Don't, don't get caught in that shame spiral. If you fall off the wagon for a second, hop back on. Um, and you know, you don't know what lies ahead. Yeah. Um, well, I love the example that you gave too, because it's like, it goes just what we were saying before, like that work that those women put in medical school, whatever is not in vain. And they're, they are a hundred percent like have great work ethic. If they could make right. it through what they went well, through. Well, yeah, before, I mean, that's just why they were so successful. For, yeah. Like, so even like, though they're not maybe like treating patients anymore, mm-hmm. like it taught them the really important stuff to allow them to be successful in other areas. Yeah. For sure. And so it's like, if we look at it, is everything's just another brick, another building block to get us to where we're supposed to be? Um, I think it's just a refreshing way to look at stuff. Yeah. Having grace, like, I, you know, I decided I was going to do a really long fast this week, um, like a three-day fast. And actually last night I got home from work and I was like 24 hours into my fast and I really felt I had a headache. Like I was feeling like I, my body really needed food. Um, of course I felt hungry, but that wasn't the part. It was just something was like telling me that I needed to eat. And for, and I did, I ate food and I, for a second was like, oh my gosh, giving my, getting hard on myself. Like, oh, I didn't, I couldn't do it. I didn't do the three day fast, like bummer. But what I did do was a 24 hour fast, which is still progress, you know, like maybe I didn't get, maybe you didn't earn the promotion or maybe you didn't lose the weight that you wanted exactly. Or, you know, you could apply this to any area, but you still work towards it. And so stepping back and seeing the progress that you've made or the silver lining in the situation that maybe you didn't do as well as you wanted to do and not letting shame creep in. Mm -hmm. Shame is going to keep you from moving forward the next time. And so, you know, shame has no place in my mind. It really does not. I, I feel very strongly about shame. In fact, Janet Lansbury, who I'm always talking about, her book is sitting right in front of me right now. Toddler discipline without shame. Like it's so important to erase shame starting at such a young age and then carrying that through because I really do think as adults, if we were shamed as children, then we we um, 
exercise that muscle and we are quick to shame ourselves as adults. And so you kind of, if that's you, that's okay. You just have to work backwards and uncover where that shame spiral cycle came from and then just do the work. There are like tons of books out there to help and, um, but really it's just pattern recognition and then, and then, you know, finding a different pathway, a different muscle to exercise in the head (laughs) to avoid that, that cycle. Yeah, that's good. It's not easy. But you know what else is not easy? Feeling shamed all the time. Like, so choose your heart, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not easy to do the work. It's going to get messier before it gets better. You mm-hmm. can think about my messy kitchen when you um, recognize that. It looks great. It's, so anyway, that's my, those are our thoughts on shame. Yeah. And it's head trash. It's if head you're trash. feeling it, you're not alone, but you also know that like there's another way and that anytime that you're working like first of all if you're working on yourself and you're feeling shame like that is a good indication that you're in the right path because you are trying to do something different yeah and so let's keep working together and that's all we got right yeah have a great day okay bye